This is Shifting Our Schools, episode 55, Cell Phones in the Classroom. Listen up, educators. Are you looking to take your classroom to the next level? The technological shift in education is happening right now. If you're looking to integrate technology into your classroom, you're in the right place. Welcome to Shifting Our Schools with your host, Jeff Udick. Welcome back to Shifting Our Schools. Thanks for listening as always. Um, congratulations to those of you who have finished up another school year or are finishing up. My wife isn't finished until June 22nd. I think she's got one of the latest ending school years I've uh, I've seen in a really long time. And June 22nd is literally after summer starts. I know a lot of school districts, at least here in the Pacific Northwest, have been uh, finishing up these last two weeks. Uh, I know in some other parts of the states in the world, they even get out even earlier. Um, but we're getting down there. If you finished already, congratulations on finishing another school year. Uh, if not, hopefully the end is near for you. And the end of the school year is always a happy, sad moment. I remember being in the classroom and there's part of you that's, you know, really happy that you've made it through another year, that you've got to spend this year with these kids. And then there's another part of you that is really sad, um, because you're leaving these kids and these kids are moving on without you. And, and, you know, some of them will come back and visit for sure. And there's those ones you always have a special connection with. And you'll never forget them. Uh, we still talk about a bunch of the fourth grade students that I had in my f- first three, four years of, of teaching even. Um, and one of the things I always found is like, I always got to the end of the school year and it was always trying to think about like, man, did I do the best I could? <laughs> you know, like, man, if I could go back and do it again, I would do this different and do that different. And and that's the, just that that part of reflection. And it's always a time when we reflect on the year at the end of the school year and, and, and the changing roles that we might have. And that's really where today's podcast comes from is uh, there's a, a teacher uh, that we've been working with uh, as part of the Eduro team up in Marysville School District with some of our long-term professional development. And she emailed me. She's moving from middle school to high school. And she's been emailing me back and forth the last couple of weeks about just preparing for the high school. So the end of the year for her is very much about looking forward and, and making sure that she's prepared for her next assignment next year up at the high school. And she sent me an email. Uh, last week that had to do with cell phone use as she's moving from middle school to high school. Of course, most of our middle schoolers had cell phones too, but she's really, you know, we know that it's something specially in the high school that is, um, that, that teachers deal with. And so she wanted some advice on how would I approach things. And so it was so great. I, I wrote her back a nice email, but I thought, you know, this would be really good for a podcast as well, because Cell phones is probably, no, I know it's the number one complaint and conversations I have with teachers is somehow, some way it always comes back to cell phones. So here are my tips on dealing with cell phones in the classroom. And and if you have tips of your own, please share them uh, either in the comments or over on our Flipgrid at sospodcast.org slash questions. If you have other things that, that work for you. But here's kind of the couple of the tips that I talked about. And number one, the first tip that I tell every teacher is we have to talk about it and we have to create mutual guidelines. I still find that most teachers don't want to even bring up the idea of talking about the use of cell phones. You know, we all have a cell phone and the cell phone is a very interesting thing. It is a personal device and it is, I'm not sure if we've ever had a device that is as personal to us as our phones. And these students, many of them have either bought the phone with their own money or their parents have bought them these, these phones and they're expensive, like a cheap one now is two, 300 bucks. 
and it is very personal. And so when you are talking about taking away something that personal uh, from anybody, I don't care how old you are, the heckles on the back of their neck go up. I have tried to have conversations about cell phone use in a PD session with teachers and the pushback I get from adults talking about, I want you to put your phone down. Or sometimes during our PD sessions, I'll even ask teachers to do a phone stack where you take, everybody takes their phone and they stack them in the middle of the table. I will literally have teachers refuse to do that. And there's something about that connection. And I'm not calling that I'm not calling that an addiction, but there's a connection within these devices that we have to talk about and we have to be real with kids. And I think that's where it starts. We are all dealing with this idea of digital distractions. We're all dealing with the ability of being overconnected. We know that. And we've got to start by talking with students. Only when we can sit down and say, look, You're coming into my classroom. My job is to teach you. Your job is to learn. And in between all of that are the connections and the buzzes and beeps that fly in between us. Let's talk about when do you use your phone? When don't you use your phone? And you create mutual guidelines. You cannot lay down the law when it comes to cell phones. If you have a hard and fast rule of no cell phones in my class, you end up just sending kids into the hallway to go use their cell phone. This is what I see. Like they won't bring them to class. Sure. They're just going to go to their locker and use them. That connection is there. Plus I want kids to have cell phones in the classroom because they are an amazing learning device and we can use them in really powerful ways. So we have to start by talking about it. What do I struggle with? What do you struggle with? What do you need help with? What can you help me with as a teacher? Because I walk around with my phone in my back pocket too. And through talking about it, we start to set mutual guidelines of things that might be able to work for us in our class. One of the things that has become, and it seems to be working a lot, um, I hear from teachers, is creating some kind of charging station, uh, whether that's, uh, I've seen the little blue uh, blue pockets on the wall that kids can put their phones in, and then, you know, go to the 99 cent store and buy a couple different plugins for different phones. Uh, might be some of the best investment you do. And kids will give up their phone to charge it, because having a charge, there's nothing worse than having your phone and having it dead. And then it also becomes a timeout that if a kid does break the guidelines that you have set mutually, uh, then that's where the phone gets to go. And there's something about it. You know, if you take it as a teacher and put it in your desk, uh, that's way different than having it in the front of the class for everybody to see. And when they put it in timeout, if they get to charge it too, we find that there's just a little less like, okay, yeah, I was not using it correctly. I need to give up my phone, but at least it's getting charged. And again, this isn't a generational thing. This is a society thing. And we've got to start talking about it as a society. We have to start talking about it as educators, openly talking about the use of cell phones. Number two is you have to respect it. And by respect it, I mean, there are real connections and real people on the other end of that phone. And I think so often you know, we get to a place where we really don't understand because we didn't, we didn't grow up with this. We didn't grow up with these connections. You know, we had to go physically to a friend's house to play and be a friend and you don't do that anymore. And so I think we just have to respect 
that there are real connections in these phones. And you know this, you have a cell phone. If you're listening to this, you're probably listening to it on your cell phone. You have a cell phone too. You know, those connections are real. You might be listening to this podcast and you get another ding from your email or from another uh, notification from other app. And you will pause this uh, podcast to go and look at what just happened. I mean, that is the dopamine hit that we're talking about is that we can't stay focused. Even if you're running down the road and, you know, and you're, uh, got your phone on your arm band. And so I think we have to just come to a place where we respect that things are different. And if we respect them and their space, we find that they respect our spaces too. And I talk a lot about respect with kids and being in, and really talking about like, you know, I will respect you and your phone, but you need to respect me in my classroom. And somewhere in there is mutual respect. And that's where those guidelines become. But you can't you can't just go in and say, I know the cell phones. You can't just go in and, and cut off. Nobody I know allows you to just go in and grab their cell phone away. And so when we talk about respect it, I think part of those guidelines for teachers needs to be, if you have something going on and you really need to you know, make a phone call or you really need to email your mom back because we know that almost 70% of all text messages during the day come from parents. If you really need to do something, please just ask me and I will allow you to go stand in the hall and make your phone call or, or send your email real quick so you're not disturbing the rest of the class. To me, that is the respect that we start to build when we understand that, that there are communications going on all the time that we don't have control over. Number three, is continued conversations. I don't think this is one of those things that you do in September and it goes away. I think it's going to be constant. Cell phones are going to be in the class every day. And so it's a constant conversation. And I love being able to frame these conversations with students around articles that are coming out. There are so many articles coming out. I don't care what you teach. If you took five minutes uh, of class time talking about an interesting article dealing with cell phone use and some of the things that are coming out around research uh, about where we where we are with our um, our connections. I think is fascinating. Like I'd love to go into a class and say, "Here's an article. Let's read this together and and what and let's talk about this. Like, what are some things in here that I need to work on? What are some things in here that you can find for yourself? Do you agree or disagree with the author?" And have kids bring in those articles too to rebuke maybe some of the things that you're bringing in. And to that point, I found an article. It just came across Twitter yesterday, actually, which is interesting because I was trying to frame how I was going to do this. But as Twitter usually does, when you are thinking about something, somehow Twitter knows and gives you the perfect article. But an article came across, and I, I can't even remember where it was shared from. It's on my Twitter account, and I'll make sure it's in the show notes here for you as well. But the article was written by uh, Brad uh, Stolberg, um, and he writes for OutsideOnline.com. I'd never even heard of this website before, OutsideOnline.com, which sounds really, really cool. And as I was, um, I was just thinking about if I was teaching high school kids today, this is the type of article I would I would uh, have a discuss with them. It's a really good article that talks about some of the newest research that came out. It's not a new article. It came out in 2017. Um, but there's some great research around what happens and, and the research that's coming out of being connected. And one of the things that he points to two or three different researches that, that we're even getting to the point where putting your phone on silent isn't enough. That if your phone is within your visual view, that we are seeing distractions 
And so even having it on silent and flipped upside down is not enough anymore. Just the visualization that something's going on. They were even talking about one study where people are feeling phantom vibrates, where you're walking around and all of a sudden you feel like your phone vibrated because you're, you're so hyper aware of having it on you. And at the end of the article, he actually talks about some things we can all do around this. And these are so good. It just made me reflect the last couple of days as well. Again, because we're all dealing with this. I deal with this as well. And a couple of the things that he said, and I, I really like these. So a couple of things he said that we can all kind of focus on. Uh, and again, these are things I would be sharing with kids out of sight, out of mind. He says, remove your phone from your visual field. For example, out of the room where you're trying to work or out of your bedroom at night, doing so immediately, um, dampens your pull towards it. So it's not enough to have it in front of you. You have to get it outside of your visual viewing range. It has to be in another room. It has to be somewhere where you can't see it. And I I find that so fascinating. A lot of his research in this article pointed to that. He talked about scheduling device free time, uh, make hard rules for certain activities during which you're absolutely keep your phone out of sight. Example, at the gym, on a bike, or on a hike, during deep focus work, watching television with your significant other, and perhaps most importantly, when you're sleeping. And of course, all the research coming out around having your phone next to you when you're sleeping. Uh, if you haven't seen any of that, go do some research. It's, it's pretty scary um, on just how we are not getting as deep a sleep as usual because of our phone. His next one was monitor your usage. And he, he points to an app called Moment, which tracks how much time you spend on your device um, surface trouble spots and bring greater overall awareness to how and when you use your device. And again, if you know, we, we saw, if you listen to the bonus episodes that I did about the Google IO keynote and both Apple's keynote, the tech companies are really focused on helping us to get the data to manage our use time and using an app like moment would be something else. Again, that would be something I would bring into my classroom. Like, man, if I was in a high school classroom once a week, maybe on Fridays, we'd I'd have everybody like open up your app and let's look at your usage. Everybody needs to install the moments app or everybody needs whatever device they have. You need to find your app and let's talk about how many hours did you spend on Instagram? How many hours did you watch YouTube videos. Is that okay for you? What are you thinking about that time that you're spending? Did you realize you were spending that time? That is the conversations we need to continually have with kids and for all of us. We all need to constantly be thinking about uh, the time that we are using. Uh, just like we, we we think about the time we watch TV. How much time during a day do you watch TV? How much time they do you exercise, right? we we're th- it, It's all wrapped in to this this healthy lifestyle. And I love my cell phone. I love cell phones. I'm not, we're not getting rid of them, but we've got to figure out where that balance is and where they, where they find a moment. The last one he talks about is tech free mornings. And he's, he, and there's a lot of research and I've been listening to a lot of different podcasts and they all are coming in and to the same idea that your, your mornings are when the brain is waking up, when you are usually, your brain is at its most creative juices are flowing. You are, you know, you just waking up from a good sleep. So he talks about having tech free mornings and he says for the first 30 minutes after waking, don't interact with technology. Instead, use this time to set an intention for the day, fully immerse yourself in a ritual like coffee, meditation, or yoga, or do a chunk of deep focus work. And that's the one that I think 
really hit home to me is my wife and I have both been saying how we've gotten so bad at being connected lately, and especially in the mornings, you know, on a Saturday morning, it's nothing for us to, you know, wake up, roll over, grab our phones, um, make coffee, and we will sit there for an hour or two on our phone going through stuff. And I wonder if there's something there about making a different choice and making a different intention. And that's the one I think for me that I'm focusing on this summer is that what if my mornings are getting up and going for a run, which I love to do and haven't done in a while. And I need to set a new intention for my mornings. And it's that kind of honesty, me sharing my story that we need to have with kids as well. You know, kids need to know that we struggle with this or that we're trying things or, you know, something is going on. That is how we build relationships. That's how we that's how we meet them where they're at. And so anyways, I just wanted to take some time to talk about this. There's no killer app. There's no uh, right way to do it. There's a million wrong ways to do it uh, in trying to tell kids they can't have phones, to block phones, to, I mean, there's so many wrong ways to do it, but really the right way is just, let's just talk about it. Let's all admit that we have cell phones. Let's all admit that we're connected And then we can start having conversations of, is this right for me? Is this right for us? Is this right for my classroom and my community? And that's where it starts at. It starts with those conversations, being respectful of each other and setting guidelines that we can all um, adhere to. So that's 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 it for for this. If you if you have anything you'd like to say about uh, this episode, please sospodcast.org. Uh you can click on episode whatever this is, episode 55 and leave a comment there or sospodcast.org/questions uh, if you'd rather leave a Flipgrid uh video audio, you can do that there as well. But this is such a high uh, high intense topic, and I, it's going to continue coming up. And we just need to meet kids where they are and find that mutual respect. And so, um, I hope you enjoyed this. Uh, I just it's on my mind, and it's something I think we all have to be thinking about. And I'll make sure that links to all of the stuff that I talked about and some other information are in the show notes. So make sure you head over there. Until next week, we'll see you on the network. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Shifting Our Schools with your host, Jeff Udick. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit sospodcast.org, facebook.com slash Jeff Udick, and on Twitter at judick. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave a review and subscribe, and we'll catch you next time on Shifting Our Schools.
Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Shifting Our Schools with your host, Jeff Udick. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit sospodcast.org, facebook.com slash Jeff Udick, and on Twitter at judick. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave a review and subscribe, and we'll catch you next time on Shifting Our Schools.